Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host for another Premier League show. With me tonight, we have starting with Graham. How are you, Graham? Yeah, I'm good, Mason. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Um, always enjoy a Monday getting to talk about football. So yeah, looking, looking forward to talking about a few of the few of the incidents and goings on the, the past week. There's always there's always stuff to talk about in the Premier League, isn't it? I know it's not a, a full fixture list uh, this weekend, but there's just so many talking points. I feel like we say that sort of every week. But also tonight with us, we've got Jamie as well. And no game for you boys this weekend, so a nice little break. A good 17 days off. Um, however, um, there's still so much going on in the Premier League, which, as you said, it's kind of like, even with the only half a list, there's still so much to talk about in, in the games that actually did happen. And it's not even just about results, it's about things that are happening inside games, which is absolutely mental right now. But yeah, uh, 17 days off until we come back on April the 1st against the lovely Man City. So countdown is on. Oh, what a game that will be. Uh, <laughs> look forward to that one. These, these international breaks, I absolutely despise them. I don't know if you boys feel any different, but I cannot stand it. But, I think um, it, I think it be, can depend. Yeah, I think be, being English, living in Scotland, um, I'm not a big fan of the internationals. However, the tournaments is probably the only time I get switched on. Um I, I do love um, a St. George's Cross flying in my back garden just to piss off the neighbours. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I don't really bother with the internationals until it comes to tournament time, really. What What about you, Graham? Are you an international man? Big Scotland big Scotland man, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah well, I, I like to see my country doing well. I think I'd be lying if I said uh, I didn't. And then the, the new top is coming out. I, I don't think I've heard one person say it's not an absolute builder. I'm talking about the most hardened Scotland there. I think I'm, I might be buying this top that's coming out. Uh, but no, obviously, look, it depends. See when your team's doing well, the international break's the last thing you want to see. Uh, if, if your team's kind of up and down, it can be a kind of welcome break. It, it can definitely all depend. For me right now, I'd, I'd definitely rather not have it. Club over country, of course, I like think most people are, but I, I definitely don't absolutely despise it like some. No, yeah, it's just not not for me. I don't have a feeling towards England or, or Scotland internationally. So, uh, yeah, I'm just a bit, bit vanilla when it comes to international football, boys. But um, we'll go we'll go back to the games uh, last week um, just very quickly. Um, Brentford beat Southampton 2 0 away, away from home. Again, Brentford continuing that. That good, that good form, um, and, and we'll touch on them a little bit later, as well as Southampton. We touched their games at the weekend. The other game that, that leads us on nicely because we spoke about this um, in depth last week, and then look what happens: Patrick Vieira gets the sack after Brighton beat Palace one 0 Solly Marsh with a winner. Another game where Palace don't, you know, really don't score. Don't, you know, first of all, don't score, but don't look like scoring and. Um, it's not a derby. I'm not calling it. I see one of the, the, the newspapers the next day saying Vieira sacked after derby defeat. Do me a favour. It's never a derby, but uh, it was a big, big, you know, big defeat for him. And uh, Graham, you called this. You, you, you. Uh, I hope you're calling a, a, a Rangers related as well later on because you absolutely got it spot on. You got the sack. But what, what did you make of it? You obviously, obviously, not surprised by it. No, not at all. Look, as as I said before, you know, Steve Parrish texted me after the pod last week and just went, "Look, Graham." <laughs> Uh, what you've said is kind of, you know, it's made me realise, it's tipped me back over. I was back and forth with it. Um, 
No, look, it was the writings on the wall. I, I cannot believe the reaction to it. I mean, the run they were on was absolutely honking. They hadn't they won one game since early November. Vincent Company, I found his comments a bit bizarre in terms of I pointed towards five decent teams they'd played in this long run and that they were overachieving. Like they, there's, there's one thing being 12th in the Premier League if you're 10 to 15 points off relegation to being 12th in the Premier League when between the bottom and 12th there's four points or something like that. Some would say Palace are overachieving. I do disagree. I think Palace have now been in the Premier League long enough. I think they are a staple of Premier League and should be as such. At worst, I think they should be the kind of between that um, 11th and 10th kind of area, the mid-table. And I, I would I would have thought that's what their fans would be expecting at this point in time. So I completely disagree with this overachieving chat. I think they've done the right thing. Obviously, we'd spoke about what managers coming in. Again, there's been a massive kind of... I get, I get for some fans, going back to Roy Hodgson would be a dreadful shout. I think if you're looking for somebody interim to come in before the end of the season where a potential manager is going to be available to take them forward, I, I don't think it's a terrible shout. I really don't. But, of course, I'm not a Crystal Palace fan. And I guess I don't know the ins and outs of the relationship with them and Hodgson and, and how they feel about him from, from the years he was there. From the outside looking in, I think it would be pretty astute, to be honest, to, to have him till the end of the season, safely keep them up and, and then get somebody in that, that's going to take them forward. No, no, absolutely. And I think you're right, Graham, from sort of outside looking in, that's all, that's all you want is a manager to come in Make sure you stay up, and then you look at you know a different project next season. But um, the, the reaction's been been mental. And but Hodgson didn't leave on bad terms at Palace, but I think like it got to the point where the fans just had enough; they wanted something different. Um, so they're not they're not taking it well. Jamie, what, what's your thoughts on this? Are you, you got any differences to Graham? That would you surprised to see Vieira go? Was I surprised? No. I think Graham called it, as you said, a couple of weeks, and you know, that run that they were on, it wasn't just about the points. It was about the fact they weren't getting goals, they weren't getting shots. There was everything going against them. But I do believe there's a, there's another flip side to this, and, and I'm not going to go for manager loyalty because there is no manager loyalty in the Premier League. But Palace finished 12th last season. Um, Palace are currently 12th. The only big difference is, is that all the bottom teams, there's not that gap, there's no safety net, which Graham obviously pointed out. So I so I understand where the nervousness comes from. I do believe Vieira had enough in him to for them to escape the drop. If you look at the remaining ten fixtures, eight out of the ten fixtures are about are with teams that are below them currently. So that means they've you know, and on, on paper, they've got the majority of the big teams or the big games out of the way. And if you look at some of those games, I'll take Liverpool as an example. It's not like they've been battered off any of the teams. They've actually, they've actually just not taken the chances, and and the other teams probably just came through it, um, winning one nil, two nils. Um, you know, it's not like they've been absolutely scunnered in a game. If anything, the game at the weekend was probably the first one where you're looking, they, they just look at an absolute shell of themselves. Um, so I do believe that Vieira was trying to do something. I do believe, I think that's where the the fan. The fan backlash at the moment is probably coming from is that they probably looking at the fixtures and um, they're thinking of obviously well we've got harder the harder tr- fixtures out of the way they've got eight out of the ten remaining fixtures of people below them you can see them getting points if you know if they just if they, if and it's a big if if they were to string two games together they're massively you know 
that 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 safety buff is kind of there. It's just who who flinches first, and it's obviously Paris that's flinched first. Um, I, I do believe bringing Roy back for uh, you know another team would be absolutely mental. The one thing I would probably say about it is why get rid of Vieira before the Arsenal game, knowing you've got an international two week after it. Surely you would give him the Arsenal game, knowing full well what you were going to do, unless there'd been some kind of crazy fallout, which it doesn't seem like it has been, because Parrish's press conference or Parrish's statement was very commendable of Vieira. It doesn't seem like somebody just been fired, if you know what I mean, the way you kind of give him a send-off. Um, so I do think that's a little crazy. It obviously shows that they got rid of him without a plan, which, again, we've seen before in this in, in this season that that's happened with Leeds, Southampton, where they've now scraping the barrel and all of a sudden Roy Hudson's back on the on, on, on the on the board. Um Roy Hudson left, he got a send-off when he left Palace. He also got a send-off last season that when he when he left Watford, who was their last game. Who's gonna come back for a third send-off? I, I, I just I, and that's what I mean like Graham's got massively valid points in terms of the fixtures and everything else. I do think there's another side to it, though, that it does seem a bit crazy at this time, at this point, to do what they've done. Um, I've got, I've got, I've got to say, I, I, <laughs> again, I don't understand where people are like, oh, he would have turned it around or he would have went in the run. Even taking away the insane amount of games, they aren't even won in 2023. We talked about mm. them not scoring for however many games. But Vieira's managerial career isn't exactly unbelievable no, in its own right anyway. I mean, just looking at his stats there, he had a win rate of 39% with Nice and then he's in a win rate of 29% with Crystal Palace. I just don't understand where the confidence comes. Guy was one of the best uh, midfielders, um, certainly in the, in the Premier League history, etc. What a player, unbelievable, achieved so much. But Sometimes it doesn't mean you, you cut it, and I just don't get why everyone was where everyone thinks and had the confidence to say, oh, turn it around. Pals have done the best thing. Um, they, they definitely have a core group of players that are good enough to stay up, and they'll be hoping for a, for a new manager bounce, whoever it is. I think they were just getting players back. You know, Zaha's only just come back. Edward played at the weekend for the first time in probably about six weeks. So the, the, all the signs were there that they potentially could do something with it. But it's always a big effort, isn't it? And then the, the one narrative that I have heard is that um, Vieira was too nice to the players. That, you know, the hierarchy weren't seeing the desire. They weren't seeing anybody getting shouted at at half time and stuff, which I kind of, you know, obviously everybody knows what Vieira's like as a player, um, but apparently as a manager, he's a completely different person and he's more about, um, you know, he's more about the, the, the positivity. And I think, you know, some people um, within the backroom staff have probably highlighted that to Parish as maybe an issue as a stumbling block. And that's where the, They've probably fallen out of love with Vieira to some extent. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily see Roy Hodgson being that person though either. That's that's probably the bit I'm, I'm confused with. So you know, whoever they're bringing in, um, it's going to be a tough job. But they are probably going to be one of the favourites now to get sucked in and probably get involved in that battle. Not just purely for the fact they've got no manager at the moment. I, I kind of look at it, and, and there's not an, an obvious standout. I know we've said this yeah. before about other sackings and you go, probably apart from Daesh, to be fair, at Everton, I think that was the one that we all sort of went, yeah, that makes sense. You could see that, see that happening. Maybe it should have happened a little bit earlier. Um, but with Palace, you know, Jesse got... Marsh was shouted out, shouted his name was shouted earlier because apparently when they were looking at Vieira, they actually interviewed Marsh. Um, so whether they go back to that drawing board, I'd be very, very surprised. 
Oh, not not for me. I'm not I'm not a fan of Jesse Marshall, to be honest. But then, you know, it's, 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 I think anyone they got in, I'd say the same thing. You know, Gerard's mm-hmm. name getting touted. Would, would, if I was a Palace fan, you know, take away being a Rangers supporter, if I was a Palace fan and looked at it, would I want Gerard right now? Probably not. Probably not. Not without his backroom team as well that's that's gone, you know, his last two have gone, Gerard on his own. I'd, I'd be worried. I think Palace are banging trouble uh, mm-hmm. anyway. We said about Zaha, we always talk about Zaha, but you said about Edward there and Mateta. They don't, they're not goal scorers. They're not players that are going to dig you out goals to get you out of trouble. They're one goal every seven, one goal every eight. So I think Palace are going to really, really struggle here, to, to be honest. I think that their form um, since the World Cup, I think. It's going to take a lot for them to, to stay up now. Whoever whoever comes in there, um, but we will we will we will go straight on to the Arsenal game. Then Graham um, on on Sunday. Uh, I feel like we always start with Arsenal, but I, I wasn't going to tonight. But I think where where they played Palace, it, it's only fair. Um, Arsenal winning four one. It's their twenty second win um, of the Premier League so far this season. Um, Saka again just looked. You know, he, he's absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, Martinelli as well. Um, you know, you think that that left. It was actually, I was actually saying over the weekend, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Smith Rowe, but he's hardly kicked the ball this season because Martinelli's been, been that good. And yeah, I'm pleased with Martinelli as well because he's had a lot of injuries. But what did you make of Arsenal um, on Sunday? Yeah, it's only right to start with Arsenal anyway. I mean, the top of the league and have been... Um, for for most of the season, we spoke about them. They they really look like they're they're now turning it on. To be honest, there's a couple of couple of big victories. Um, well, I mean they're after Fulham away, but they're banging in the goals really consistently um, across the board. I think it's it really is. I know I said it last week, but it's, it's hard to see past Arsenal, and, and you've pinpointed a few other players. That a lot of them are right. I mean, really banging form when you've got. Pekaya Sacco uh, p- playing some of his best stuff. I mean, he is a qu- he is a quality player, but it's not just it's not just guys like him, like Zaka uh, pitching him with goals. He's obviously really important. The turnaround he's had for Arsenal is unbelievable. From when he was walking off being booed, however long ago that was, ripping his shirt off, etc., to, to being like such a vital player. Um, that's that's the thing. If look, obviously without without saying something obvious. If all your best players are performing, then it's going to be really hard to stop. And I mean, you've got the quality that Arsenal do. I think it, I think we're now at the point where it's just going to take a lot to to stop them. I think we're now past the point of luck and etc. They're getting some of the more important players back. Some of the players are banging form, and, and yeah, right now they, I just don't see them being stopped. No, I just I say it one week and then I watch Man City and I go. I still think City have got something in, and we we won't talk about them this week because they didn't play. But um, I, you know, watching them, you know, in the Champions League, and then obviously I know they played, you know, a a lower opposition at the weekend in the FA Cup. But I just I just think they're starting to purr, you know. And but you can't knock Arsenal. You can't knock Arsenal. They. They, you know, just took, took dealt with it as they as they have all season. Really, just game comes, you think, right, what's going to happen here? You're going to see a different Palace as well. Jamie, what, what was your thoughts on, on on the game on Sunday? And I know we've obviously touched on, you know, Palace not got got a manager. It was always going to be a difficult game. I absolutely agree. I'm a bit surprised Vieira didn't didn't stay for this one just to sort of see this one out um, instead of a caretaker. You know, someone that's been in the background anyway that's not going to have much of an impact. But um, you know, you, again, Arsenal just, just you know, tore them apart. 
Yeah, I I think you know, like Graham said, we're, we're expecting Arsenal now to win the games every single time. The one thing I do like about Arsenal is that every time we've given an option to doubt them, they've actually proved us wrong. And what I mean is like, um, you know, recently the you know they went out to the Europa League on Thursday, and a lot of people were actually questioning whether this was going to be the start of the downfall. But they turned it on and put on one of the probably the best performances of the season. Um, they 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 lost Jesus at the beginning of the season. You wouldn't have guessed, you know, looking at how many goals they've scored across the team, you wouldn't have guessed that they've played so long um, without him. I think it's something like 16 Premier League games without him. Um, the obviously Niketia came in, didn't exactly tear the tear the, you know, te- didn't tear it up, but got involved. Um, and and you know, they they lost party for a couple of games. Jorginho pitches in with a goal and pitches it. every time. We've we've thought they were going to stumble. They're actually proving us wrong, and I think now now that the, the conversation is changing, it's not about um, can they maintain it. It's about whether or not City can catch them. Going eight points into the international break, I think, is a massive, some massive onus on them, and, and it's really good for for their own morale. Um, you're now looking at Man City's game in hand and making sure that they win that, and then they've got the game against Arsenal themselves, and everybody's just saying, well. If Man City don't win that, then where's Arsenal going to slip up? So I do think the narrative's changed now, and I think it's really good. What I do like as well is, is it's not just one person. You guys have obviously called it Martinelli. I think that's his thirteenth goal this season. Um, Saka is probably, I think he's about, th- I think he's about fourteen goals this season. Um, but his goal involvements are probably the highest of the league. Um, you've got Xhaka chipping in. You've got Trossard trip, trip chipping in with goals, like. It doesn't matter who's missing at the team right now. They just seem as though, as a team, they're getting it done. So, um, yeah, I think it's theirs to lose now. I really do. Um, the Palace it was always going to be a hard ask. You know, it was a, it was a gimme game to some extent. Even if they brought in a new manager, no new manager would expect to have went to Arsenal and, and get a point, never mind three. Um, it was always about changing the performance. Um, as we said, that you know they probably hadn't been out of many games. They'd lost it by one a goal, maybe two at a max. Um, but they they, they kind of got they got, they got the piss taken at them a little bit at, at the weekend, in my opinion. Um, it was very strange to see Jeffrey Sloop play right behind the striker. Now that's going to seem mad considering he actually got a goal, but it's that's not really his normal position. I don't get uh, where that was. And they put Zaha out on the wide left, and he he doesn't track back and help out. As much as Zaha's a great player, he pretty much isolated his fullbacks. Um, so with people like Saka, who's arguably one of the best in the league at the moment, it was always one-way traffic, and it was always going to end up that way. So, um, yeah, there was no surprises in that in that game itself. No, no, absolutely not. Um, boys, just just one word answer on this one. Graham, because we're in the international, last international break at the end of the season now. Are Arsenal going to win the league? Yes. Jamie? Yes. I've changed. I, I was saying City for a while, but I think it's too much. Too much has happened now. Uh, City haven't closed that gap yet. The thing is, okay, gaps eight. I know City have a game in hand, and they've only scored thirteen goals in the last two games. But um, <laughs> they can they can score as many as they want. But if unless Arsenal slip up, what's yeah. it matter? So yeah. I'm still gonna say City. I'm gonna go against you boys. I'm gonna based say on City. based on what? I, st- I just think they've got another gear. I, 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 do you know what I was saying? We, I know we normally we only talk sort about Premier League, but watching Arsenal Thursday night, see when they play. Uh, Sporting are a good side, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but see when the pressure's really, really on. I still, I'm still not sure about Arsenal. And listen, you can't knock them, but I just think. But I think that's it. 
I think there's a difference. See if, you, see if you're talking, see if they were to play Sporting every game between now and the end of the season, I could probably buy that. See when they're playing teams below them that they've been pissing over in, in the build-up to that. I mean, they've, they've, I think they've got, and they've got Newcastle away, Liverpool away, and they've got City. They're the, probably the three biggest games they've got left in the calendar, I think, in a league game. So, so there is definitely slip-ups there. I just I think, don't see City closing that gap. That's the difference. Think, the thing with Arsenal going out of the Europa League, obviously they, they played a, a strong team. I just think that I'm not necessarily thinking they'll be absolutely devastated. I, think I said last week about them looking to prioritise sooner rather than later if it starts kind of getting close to the end of the season, really down in the nitty-gritty. I'm not sure them going out is the worst thing. And I no. actually think if you're Man City chasing them, I get Man City out of the Champions League, that's one thing. But I do honestly think Pep Guardiola, he would have probably rathered Arsenal got past Sporting Lisbon. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think, you know, yeah. their, their full concentrations on the league. And I, I think they'll do it. No, that's a really good point. As you say, going out, I think that a lot of Arsenal fans were, were gutted. They went out um, Thursday night, and, and I know as, as supporters, you never you never want to prioritise anything. You just want to win everything. But um, yeah, yeah, that that could be key. But I just think Man City have been over the course here. I still, I still, I still can just think. I, I know you're saying, Jamie, with the fixtures, but. Um, I still think City are going to go on a run. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong. It'd be good for someone else to win it as a neutral. Um, yeah. But... I, I think I've been with you all, all season. I've been on no, no, City are going to kick into gear. The problem is they've had all season to kick into gear and they've really not. And that's to say, you know, we're saying they're not kicked into gear yet and they've got arguably one of the best strikers that have ever hit the Premier League in one of the biggest forms that they've ever actually had. You know, breaking numbers and you're like, they still might actually win fuck all this season. Right, the the thing is, look, we we have been saying we need Man City to go and to go on a run, etc. They are they have won six games in a row in all competitions. They are five games in a row without conceding a goal. I think this is good for them. The Champions League as well, obviously. I mean, scoring one in seven, yeah. one in six, now Burnley are no, <laughs> Burnley are no mugs, you know. Yeah. So look. Yeah, that this is them. They're hitting at the right time, of course. I think it could be exciting, yes. But I think, uh, I think Arsenal might cling on. I think if if Man City, by the way, if Man City in this kind of form, if they don't win the Champions League this season, then I don't think they'll ever win it. So yeah, yeah, they they'll be going for quite a few fronts, and I think when we're talking about prioritisation. Man City and their fans and Pep will take the Champions League yeah. over the league without a doubt. Whereas. Arsenal, it was the league all day long. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I think league Arsenal, for sure. Nice. No, it's a really, really good point, Dad. Um, So I'm expecting uh, Liverpool to beat City in the next game, and that'll be it. But that, no, no. That, that's <laughs> I'll, take that. I'll take that. That's what it is, though, now. In all fairness, City can't afford one more slip-up before they play Arsenal. They need to keep yeah. winning. And um, they've not really been in that position for a while, so that'll, so that'll be interesting. But it'll be, it'll be one I'm looking forward to. When we're next on, boys, talking about the the, the next result. But uh, Graham, mo- moving it on to, to Friday's night's uh, game, which um, which was actually a really really good game of football. To be fair, it, it was a little bit of a throwback the way that Forest played, and, and to be fair, Newcastle as well. They're both quite two two physical teams. Um, I think that's one thing that kind of Eddie Howe's teams, I think, has always gone gone missing. They they they, they do put it. His team does put it about. They are quite they're quite physical. And uh, John Joe Shelby playing against his old club, he had a couple of meaty challenges in it. The first half, um, 
I'm not sure he was a big fan of Bruno Gamares, by the way. I don't think he got on with him because he'd done him two or three times early doors. Um, but the, the player I want to pick out of this one was was Isaac. Um, and he was he, he obviously missed a lot of the season through injury. But he looked, he was the best player on the pitch for me by head and shoulders above anyone else. He looked so sharp. And and the, the goal he scored as well, um, goal of the weekend for me. And I, I don't know if you boys agree, but what did you make of that game on, on um, Friday night, Graham? Yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, I think from 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 both fronts, obviously Forrest have been a poor poor on the form. I think Newcastle have been a bit more inconsistent. Big win for them. Obviously a devastating kind of last minute penalty um, for Newcastle. I think a lot was made of kind of the shithousery of Trippier looking like he was going to take it and the kind of mind games and then handing off the ball to Isaac, but um, kind of last second. But that guy is class, that boy is absolutely class. I, I honestly think that will be... It's a shame he got injured for that, that length of time as well, but I think um, in terms of a striker in the Premier League, behind, if, if it wasn't for Erling Holland in terms of striker this season, I think Isaac would potentially be one of the signings of the season. But, but not look at you laughing. Look at you laughing. <laughs> I, look, see if it wasn't for his see if it wasn't for his injury, his his goal contribution already for Newcastle is is wild. I think he would I honestly think he would be up there as one of the signings of the season for sure. I think Newcastle will be struggling to keep hold of him eh, long term. Uh, kind of like Bruno Guimarães, it just depends what the money's saying and, and kind of how well Newcastle are doing. But I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. And it's even, it's even the ball he put in, um, that that ball he put in the box. Like he's not, he's not just a big tall. He's he's not a one man band, right? He, he's got a lot of strings to his bow. I, I think he's, I really think he's top class. He's certainly Newcastle's best signing. For, for years and I include Guimarães, I think he's that good and I really think he'll only get better. No, I think you're right. I think you're right, Gary. I know James having a little, little laugh there, but um, his injuries was a big, was a big, you know, turning point because I think we'd be talking about one of the players, not, we wouldn't be talking about Haaland, um, but we'd be talking about one of, you know, I, I think he'd be right up there in terms of, in terms of, you know, everyone else with the goals. Um, but yeah, that ball we put in for, for Anderson, the goal that was disallowed for VAR, he's just got a little bit of quality. He's just got quality. Um, Jamie, I've, I've got to ask you this one. What did you make of the, the Forest um, centre-half? Is it Nikate? Nikate? The handball? Nikate. I mean, that's just criminal, isn't it? But, you know, jumping that high with your left arm up is, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't like he tried to mask it. It was like it was a full stretched arm. Um, I kind of feel sorry for him, but at the same time, if you do that, it's only going to come out one way. Um, he'd, he'd had a pretty decent game, to be fair. He hadn't been terrible. It was just decision-making. And you can see see from the slow-mo from behind the goal, before he's even dropped to the floor, he's already got his head in the hands. He knows what's happened. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he's just lost it for the for the team. Um, it was criminal. And I think, you know, it was... It wasn't the way the game was going. The game was going to put it out to a draw because obviously there were two both teams attacking each other. We kind of nullified each other to some extent. Um, but I think it was Isak's ball, wasn't it? That Isak crossed it in and then the header come back off. And as you said, that you know the cross he put in was absolutely brilliant. So they did they did create it to some extent. Um, but yeah, 
defending like that is a is a big no go uh, in any of the Premier League games. Um, I love Desac's, um, you know, his first goal, the way he improvised his his jump and kind of hung his foot back. Um, that was he took it really really well, um, and I think he's definitely one for the future for them. Um, um, just just having a look the the start the start I know I know you boys love a start Mason usually has one up his sleeve most weeks but there he goes um, he's actually scored every one hundred and five minutes for Newcastle this season only Holland has a better record obviously Erling Holland's I think he's got a goal every ten seconds or something like that works out or something this season but look Isaac is obviously how many goals has he got don't know how many but it's a, a Every 105 minutes is it is the stat. What his actual goal tally is so far this season, I'm not sure. Um, but he's he's awesome. He's a phenomenal I think. class. I, he's he's a cracking player. I believe it or not, I watched him when he was in um, when he was in Dortmund um, before he went to Sochdad. He was he was he was brought as a replacement for Musa Dembele because um, when Dembele before he moved to Barcelona was an absolute phenom over uh, in Dortmund and when he moved on to Barcelona they actually spent the money on Isak and brought him from I think it was AIK for over in Sweden um, and he was a young 17 year old impressional lad he was playing playing second fiddle to people like Obama Young though so um, he, he's definitely got a talent so Stad was a bit of a sticking point. He, he was he was riddled with injuries, but when he got game time, he got the goals. And I think he's he's definitely one for Newcastle to kind of focus on going forward. It doesn't come cheap. I think they paid about 60, 65 million for him. So that's probably about the right rates, you know, in terms of his age and his, his, his you know, his ceiling, if you like. Um, I don't see him moving on. I think Newcastle's probably the right kind of club for him, um, you know, to, to for them to build around. Um, as you said, I think Anki on his Anki's debut was against Liverpool at Anfield. So I was done there for the game, um, and he scored in the cop end. Um, it just doesn't come much better for the debut. So thankfully, they lost the game two one. Um, but he, you know, you seen from that first game, um, he actually done Trent, which to be fair, is, I think a lot of people have done Trent this season. Um, he he, he kind of showed a bit of skill um, in, in the box. I really like him. I think, as I said, he's one for the future. I think he's about 22, 23. Um, so he's, he's definitely got a big, big prospect. Um, it was funny you mentioned John Joe Shelby because uh, I had Shelby to get booked uh, in my curtain. Um, they were offering odds of like four to one. And he got, he must have had about four terrible tackles in the first half and not one of them got booked. He actually got booked, but nobody's seen it. He actually got booked for protesting for the penalty in the 93rd minute. So I didn't even know my coup, my, my bet had came in until obviously I checked it later. But uh, yeah, John Joe, uh, I'll always love a bit of John Joe. He, he, he did so well for Liverpool, um, but he never scores a bad goal, does he, John Joe? I think, I think this is a point we should say, if you are going to bet, please bet responsibly. <laughs> Um, even if even if you're you're Mason dabbling in Man City right now, they're all me, so. <laughs> on a run. We'll really? No, Isaac's got ten goals in uh, six goals in ten games in the Premier League. Six goals, ten games. So that's that's decent decent record, isn't it? Um, considering yeah. the injuries. Um, Not when Nunes think. has only got eight goals. So yeah, I know. <laughs> to be fair though, Jamie, if I'm being honest, if you're offering me one of the two, I'm taking Isaac, mate. I've got to say, I think um I like Nunes though. I, I like Nunes. I think he's raw. I still I think he's got a lot to come, but um I, I'm having a bit of Isaac. I think he's he's uh he, he looks like a top top player. Don't appease him talking about Liverpool when my we're not talking about Liverpool. Nice. I mean, I'm just laughing at Graham's. Uh, in Darwin, I'm, just, I'm just laughing at Graham's uh, statement. Just a bold claim, like uh, players of the 
transfer buys of the season. I think he would look. I, I said look, failing all and hadn't been bought. I I think he would be one of them. And I I do think I said if he hadn't been injured, that that injury in the middle <laughs> of the, that middle part is is kind of hampered him a bit. But he's class. Just yeah, just you see, just you wait and see. <laughs> No, just 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 on that point, um, I said you know about Forest. I think they're going to get dragged into it. I think they're they're. By the way, the finish by by Dennis, big mistake from Botman, but uh, the finish from Dennis was was top class. But they just didn't look like scoring, and um, obviously home form's been big for them. They had the best home form in the league before that game, um, but I still think just quality wise, they're they're going to struggle. Um, yeah, the record's really poor at the moment as well, isn't it? Shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. Uh, they can't buy a win away from home. I don't. I think. I think. I don't know if they've won away from home. To be honest, so I'll, I'll have to look. Uh, look at. But um, I'm going to throw another one at you. Whilst it's the international break, who are you having for? Uh, Jamie will probably say this before, but Graham, top four spot: Newcastle or you know Spurs. Do you, do you, Liverpool. Do you fancy Liverpool going on going on a run and getting it? But but who's your, if you again, you know, bet responsibly. But who who's your, who are you going with uh, with fourth? Liverpool. I think Liverpool, Pip, Newcastle. I think it could actually be really tight. I think we're really lucky this season. Is a neutral looking in. You know, if, like, OK, I know me and Jamie are saying Arsenal win the league. I don't think either of us are suggesting that they'll just run away with it by any means. I think they'll get there in the end. Will it be exciting? Yeah, I think so, and I hope so. I think fourth could be. Like, Tottenham in a bit of disarray, I'm sure we'll get on to that. I do think Liverpool will get there. And then obviously we've got the relegation battle. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting end. Usually at this point, something happens and teams run away with it or teams go down or fourth is tied up. Everything's kind of to play for just now. So, yeah, Liverpool for me, I think they always just manage to do it. And, and I think um, other teams' performances just now, and I think their class will probably shine through. Yeah, see, I keep saying Liverpool and every time I say oh, they'll get it easy, they go like they have that result against Bournemouth. Jamie, who are you going with for that for that full spot? <clears throat> I don't definitely don't think it's Tottenham. Um, I think you know they're so inconsistent. Um, they've they've currently played two more games than Liverpool and Newcastle, um, and they're only just clinging on to it. In my opinion, with the the. the rather than giving you a prediction, I would say the one I'm worried about is actually Brighton. Brighton is just not going away. Brighton or the same points as Liverpool at the moment, and I've only played 25 games compared to Liverpool's 26. So while we're saying that Liverpool could go on a run, which they possibly can, Brighton are not going away right now. And they're, they're kind of the one to watch. Brentford do are the same, but I don't see Brentford doing it. Um, Liverpool have got a tricky few fixtures coming up. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. We've got City, Arsenal and um, Chelsea back-to-back. That's 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 not great in any kind of form. But the reality of it is Liverpool's so inconsistent season, they'll probably fucking beat one or two of them and draw the next one. They'll come out with it six or seven points. I think if we get through that, I think we've run up we we do we we finish fourth because we have we have the experience of that running. Um I think it depends on, as you said, what Newcastle and Brighton do if they continue the form, um, whether they get back into it. I'll give you a here's a here's a prediction you can nail down right. Brighton will not finish in the top four. Strong strong point. It's just when you look at the table right now, it's hard to not factor them into any conversation, in my opinion, considering they've only played twenty five games. I know they they had a FA Cup this weekend, didn't Mm -hmm. they, Brad? But um 
But yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's been such a mental season. It, yeah. It would surprise me. No, listen, it would to say it wouldn't would be mental. It would surprise me. But their their, their form is them in Brentford. I think are the top. Yeah. It, then the the top since the World Cup. I think they're third yeah. or fourth behind City and Arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, just just yeah, just the last bit on on, on the Forest uh, Newcastle game. Um, Trippy, uh, you mentioned it, Graham. Trippier taking the taking the ball. I love that. I, I love that. that. I love that. Yeah. I, that's brilliant. He, he, yeah. Somebody else did it the week before as well in a penalty. I can't remember if it was the Champions League or something. Um, but I remember when 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 Trippier done it, I was thinking that you know that must be a they must be talking about these things you know between players about doing this now. I love it. Know it was Jamie. It was Havertz, Chelsea. Uh, Dortmund, yeah, there you go. It took ages, didn't he? It took yeah. ages. And uh, Look, you'll yeah. be watching Mo Salah done that. <laughs> that thing's still going, fuck's sake. <laughs> Fucking hell. Haunted. Brilliant. But, but Graham, that, that leads us nicely onto uh, Spurs. Um, game of the weekend. Um, 3-3 with Southampton. 3-1 up with, what, ten, just under 10 minutes to go. Um, and then big point for Southampton at 3-1 down. And to be fair, great, great spirit to go back into it. But we've got to talk about Antonio Conte's uh, post-match interview. Um, if that isn't the biggest sack me I want out of here, then I, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, don't really know what to say. I think I don't think anyone really could argue with what he's saying. But look, certainly regardless, right? Um, you cannot, you cannot come out with some of the stuff he said at that presser. And I think if you're a Spurs fan. Who a lot are probably already a bit disgruntled with him, with how they're playing. I think there's a, f- a factor of has he given up, etc. I think they will be even more raging that he's came out and said some of the stuff he has. So, in terms of that, yes, is that the biggest sack? Me, I think so. But what well, he's out of contract at the end of the season, he's gone. Obviously, he's gone. It's just a case of who taught him. Like wanting to line up, and maybe they're already looking. And listen, if whoever they're looking for and whoever they're looking at, if they do have someone and they became available, I'm I'm sure they would they, would, they might just um, cut Condelus immediately. I don't see that, so they'll maybe save themselves a few bucks. They're not doing anything. They're not going to achieve it in this season. So really, I don't see what they have to lose. I think, I think more than anything, they might be able to like terminate his contract at the rate he's going for like some sort of bringing the club in a disrepute or something. So maybe, maybe they could go down, down that route if he continues on. But yeah, look, uh, definitely uh, the game of the the weekend, I guess. Southampton are they are a bizarre just now, just really kind of up and down with the results after that midweek loss at home at Brentford, um, then three one down. I think that is more about Tottenham rather than Southampton. Probably harsh, but um, fair play. They got the, they grabbed the point for nothing. Ninety uh, third minute penalty as well. So yeah, it, it keeps them keeps them in it. Another another point um, towards trying to battle relegation. Definitely needed it. Um, see see where they go for there. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And uh, it's just it's just mad. He's even digging out, you know. The players, the players are the biggest one. But even coming out and saying about uh, Daniel Levy, the owner, he kept saying the owner um, under this club won, you know, nothing in twenty years. You're just sitting there going, 
Bloody hell, that is it's absolutely nuts. Um, and uh, my, funny, my mate was it with Monday morning was um, was at Stanford Airport. He, he went to to no, sun, uh, Sunday, sorry, Sunday went to Stanford Airport to, to watch the Roma Lazio game last night. And uh, he see uh, Conti was on his flat and uh, he said he got absolute pelters at Stanford Airport, not by uh, Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea fans, all by Spurs fans. So, uh, it goes to show what what you, as you said, Graham, they they're starting to you know they're, they're, that is, do you know what it is? It's probably a lot of supporters won't like the truth, and he is he just says it how it is. Do you know what I mean? Which you you can't you can't do it. You can't do it nowadays. I, I know we should be sort of commending Southampton and Theo Walcott, um, who asked what he said. Hey, I started last weekend, and he goes and gets a an equaliser against uh, you know obviously an Arsenal player scoring against Spurs but um, we've just got to talk about you know Spurs what did you make of Conti's comments and and throwing away a 3-1 lead you know that's that's where where they are that was that was really poor I, th- I think I think the funny part of the conversation uh, the funny part of his statement was about two hours later there was a there was like a, a quick edit that said but he wasn't talking about the hierarchy at the club just to kind of prove the fact that actually, you know, it was about the players and stuff. And you just think that's, yeah, that's a, a, that ship sailed a little bit there. Um, he, he was obviously doing what he was doing and he knew exactly what he was saying. I was actually more intrigued in some of the stuff he said, you know, he was calling out players, but what he did talk about, he, he said that whatever club he's went to, he's always improved them. But the clubs he's went to, but you're talking Juventus, Inter Milan, Chelsea, you know, they, they have... Crazy kind of funds they have that count that league status already. Tottenham's probably the one where the roadie at their top level, in my opinion. Like they're not they're not going to win the league anytime soon. So for him to turn them into a league winner or something, I just don't see it happening. So I think there's that sudden realization of actually where he's at in terms of what kind of club he's at. As much as they have probably one of the best stadiums in the world, they don't actually have pots of money where they can go out and do whatever he needs to. Um, I remember at the beginning of the season. Some Tottenham fans were saying that they'd won the transfer window because of the signings that they brought in. The Kulisevskis, the Bentoncos, uh, they, you know, bringing in Richardson. Richardson, um, season's over. He went off crying after about three minutes uh, doing his leg. So his season seems to be done. So even then, Dan Juma still doesn't get a shot on, shot on the game. Like, I, I, I don't know what some of these kind of players have to do to kind of get game time. Um, very impressed with Pedro Porro's goal. The, the absolute speed that he absolutely wellied that at. Those are the kind of goals he scored up at Sporting. Um, so I was kind of glad to see him kind of get himself on the score sheet. Um, I was more impressed with Southampton getting themselves back into it. But when you break it down two minutes before their second goal goes in, Conte makes two defensive subs. He makes two defensive subs, which turns the team into a flat a flat back four in midfield and in defence, which then invites so much pressure on. And, and Southampton were just up for it. They just turned on them um, and they obviously got 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 there in the end. I'm not convinced that the penalty was a penalty. Um, the boy saw what goes to put his foot through it. I think there is some connection, but I don't think it's enough to award a penalty. I know VAR looked at it, but VAR were to call out any, um, what shall we say, if the refs missed something, they've allowed the ref to keep his decision. So I don't think VAR had enough to get into, involved in it. So they stood with the on-field decision. But if you look at that that challenge, if you like, the jump, I don't think there's much connection at all. I think the ref was very quick to give the penalty. Um, and if we, and you know, if they if they win three two, we don't hear anything from from Conte. He, we we don't talk about how Spurs bottled it. 
it's fine margins we're talking about here, and this was like the 93rd minute. Um, some penalty as well by George, uh, James Ward Prowse absolutely rifled that into the, into the back of, into the top corner. Sorry, um, and there was a funny bit after the. I think it was on match of the day. They, they had uh, Ward Prowse actually talking about Fraser Foster's actually his neighbour um, when they were both at Southampton and the kids, him and the, him and Foster and the kids used to play together in the gardens and they always used to take penalties against each other. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it was kind of mad to see that uh, he, he kind of said that I didn't want to look at him just so I didn't bust out laughing. I wanted to make sure I took it right. Absolutely rifled it into the top of the net, so he did well. But uh, Conte's writing's on the wall. It's inevitable. Um, the, the the one they're talking about at the moment now is Thomas Tuchel. Um, apparently bringing Tuchel back to England. Um, the, you know, Pochettino's apparently not the flavour of the month at the moment. Um, so Tuchel's apparently the one I, I actually don't disagree with that appointment I think Tuchel will do a good job there but is he going to get any more out of this Tottenham team than what they probably are I don't know, it's a tough one Tuchel should never got the set from, from Chelsea but that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's for, for, for another another time but uh, yeah, just on Spurs no side has conceded more away goals in the Premier League since the World Cup break 14 goals sorry, yeah, it just goes to show where, where they're at at the minute, Spurs. Mm-hmm. But moving it on, boys. Um, Brentford won, Leicester won. Um, sorry, just before we do that, go on, Greg. Yeah, no, I think um, I think as we are on, I love us. It looks like Conte's oh. just been sacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, Ryan Mason will be the caretaker manager until the end of oh, the season. They did, they did that last time, didn't they? Yeah. So I mean, another good wee shot for for. Ryan Mason, obviously, what I just said five minutes ago is all the shite and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll hold out, you know, they'll maybe have their eye on somebody. Now that's that blown up. So, yeah, it looks like he's been sacked. Um, I don't know if it's confirmed yet. So, yeah, um, see see, who, see how, that, how that changes our fortunes. Probably not, but maybe you never know. Could be to show in the next week or so. Who knows? How about that? Got a few breaking news, like. Nice one, Graham. Well, yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's a complex of it. But boys, we'll get on to the other games and we can uh, we can go over, you know, back over. I suppose if we have, if we have time. But as I say, Brent, Brentford won. Leicester won. Um, was another one from the weekend, Graham. Um, yeah, watched the highlights back of this one uh, yesterday, and um, it, it looked like it could have gone either way. I didn't actually realise uh, Leicester ended a, a run of four consecutive defeats. Um, so to be fair, I see Brendan Rodgers was quite happy to come out of there with a point in the end. Um, but what did you make of this one? Is it you know a point, not a bad result for Brentford? To be fair, because they've been doing really well, and Leicester probably would have took a point before the game as well. Absolutely. I mean, that was four four defeats in the league. But if you include Blackburn in the FA Cup, I mean, that was just five straight defeats uh, all in. So I guess it's a whole stop the rot. I think anyone probably could have maybe guessed a draw in that game it's I don't know it's just um, two teams like those going head to head I think a draw is probably the more likely result as you say like Brentford have been doing well um, another really solid display against them but I think if you are Leicester off the back of five straight defeats you do not want to be going away to Brentford um, and I think if I do think that point they'll be they'll be absolutely delighted with um, I don't know. They're they're away to Crystal Palace next. Leicester. It's really like we've we've spoken about it for a few teams and a, a few scenarios. It's been a strange season. I do think Leicester under Rodgers should be 
so so much better. I think a, a few of us a few times maybe said that we expect them to turn that around, uh, going a bit of going a bit of a run. I do still think they will not be relegated, but they're definitely in the dogfight. So um, points like that are, are certainly going to help at this moment in time. No, absolutely, and uh, I yeah, I still think you know I absolutely agree they should be doing better. Leicester under under Rogers, but I still I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. Jamie, what did you make of this one? Uh, obviously, both sides. Brentford, as as we said last week, two 0 away at Southampton. Just they're just as I said on form from the World Cup. They they'll be sitting in fourth place just behind Brighton, so uh, they're flying. But but Leicester struggling. Um, Harvey Barnes for the equaliser as well, and it, it is a player that I, I really like, Harvey Barnes. Yeah, I think getting called it. Um, that was a bigger point for Leicester than it was than it was for Brentford. Um, you know, even though it doesn't do anything to the table, but they still need to pick up these points. Uh, they're in. I think they're in the quagmire of the dog, the relegation fate. I really do. I think Graham showed you provided the, the list of the last six games for every team, and Leicester's running doesn't look pretty at all. So I think any points that they're picking up now is going to be invaluable to them. Um, and they didn't play too bad, to be fair. They, they, they kind of needed to stop that rot. Um, I did say last week, though, if they can get if they can keep Madison fit, then I'm, I think they'll be fine. And Madison was brilliant for that assist, the way he played that ball through. The the, the relationship between him and Harvey was absolutely brilliant at the weekend. Um, I was actually more surprised that Brentford didn't do enough to win the game, actually. Um, Tony missed a couple of chances um, towards the end of the game. Um, Leicester haven't just been losing games recently. They've actually... They've been terrible, you know. They've had players sent off. Um, they've been giving away silly goals, so they kind of needed to do something to kind of stop that rot, if you like. And I think you know Brentford was a good point for them, um, but it was definitely a bigger point for Leicester than it was for Brentford. No, absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see how both of them pick it up after the, the World Cup. Um, moving it again, uh, Graham. I feel like every week we're just praising Villa at the minute and praising Emery. That's um, twenty-six points from fourteen games. For him now, um, you know, they're scored in every game. They absolutely, you know, blew uh, Bournemouth away at the weekend. Three uh, 0 it should have been more. Uh, I think that's the only criticism we can give um, Aston Villa this weekend. But then Bournemouth, that's now eight defeats out of nine uh, in the last nine uh, away Premier League games. So, kind of tells you how both are doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think. Looking at Villa, this is how they should be performing and, and where they should be at. I believe that. I think it was you'd maybe said one of the stats in terms of um, Brentford and Brighton being fourth or something in the form table. I, I think um, I'm pretty sure Villa are up there or were one of the last times I looked in terms of the form table since maybe Emery took charge. They were fourth or fifth in the league since Emery took charge. So obviously, look, it's promising, it's exciting. We know how good Emery is. I still think that um, as good as it as good as it has been and as consistent as they have been, I still think really next season they'll, they'll still be aiming to maybe get seventh or eighth, try and just push into that European spot. As as we've talked about before, it's hard to kind of break into that kind that dominant space of the the, the really big bigger and richer clubs um, are occupying just now but yeah, um, absolutely uh, good result for them and Bournemouth are going down 
I've I've decided that they are the they are the first team I'm de- <laughs> even though I've probably I think I've said maybe four, five, six teams that are definitely that are going down. They are the first ones I'm definitely saying they are going down. Bournemouth are going down. Yeah, no, I agree. They're gone. Bournemouth are gone for me. There's no there's no saving them and, and Gary O'Neill, that appointment that I think you said it at the time, Graham, as well. Gary O'Neill, they're done. Uh, they're gone. Um, but but Jamie, just just on um, on Villa and Emery again, it's just another you know ticking another result and something you know Villa don't really do is is beat teams comfortably and and they and, and Graham said it they should, this is what they should be doing you know the money they've spent the players they've got so uh, I think they've got a very good manager in Emery as well. Yeah, I, I think I think I think it was probably Graham that said at the very beginning as well that Emery's probably big too big for for Villa. Um, he's probably one of the bigger names, you know. In Europe, it was probably a bigger coup for them to get him. Villa are currently eleventh. Do we anticipate Villa to be any better than eleventh? Probably not. That's probably about the level. And when Emery took them over, though, they were—I think they were like the second bottom, or they were bottom at the time. So, you know, when he took over, it was—it's—it's it's great the turnaround that he's done. Um, but as you said, the inconsistency sometimes they can win game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Um, but they're sitting probably where they normally are around about now for this time of the league, at this time of the year, um, in terms of results-wise. I don't think anybody realistically expected Bournemouth to go to Villa and, and kind of turn them over, um, even if they did embarrass Liverpool the week before. But, I, yeah, Bournemouth, they, they, they win one game, they lose three, don't they? That's, that's pretty much what's going to see them go down. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think Villa would pretty much a stick on for a home win. Excuse me at the weekend. Um, what was probably surprising is that actually Watkins didn't get another goal um, because of the form that he's been on. Um, I think it'll be a bigger question of whether Villa keep hold of Watkins more than will Villa do any better. Um, I think Villa are probably punching about the normal weight of where they are at the moment. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if uh, if anybody does test the waters with a player like Watkins. I I think Watkins is probably at his level. I don't see any of the kind of I don't know the quote unquote bigger clubs going in for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's at his level with Villa, unless somebody needed a kind of good, unless one of the bigger teams wanted a squad player um, or something. Maybe, maybe. I think but... I think if Kane goes in the summer, which is a very big if. I think it's going to start this merry-go-round for some teams, and I think Watkins could probably get turned up. I'm not saying he's going to go to a place like Tottenham or something, but I could see Watkins at a Newcastle alongside Isak. So, you know that that kind of level is probably what I'm talking. Not he's not going to go to Liverpool. He's not going to go Man U. He's not going to go to Tottenham or anything. I think it's just more that next step up um, of the team punching, trying to get in. Uh, absolutely. Um, Watkins definitely agree. I think that is 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 stamp. I don't see him. You know, you, you maybe see it with English English players maybe getting a move they normally wouldn't because they got to fill the quota. But um, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree on that. Next one, Graham. Then Chelsea two, Everton two. Um, Carl, this was a, a bit of a cracker Saturday night, and um, just when you think Chelsea have turned a corner, um, didn't think they were great. Um, but it's now for, for Dyche again for another set piece. I think it's four out of Everton's seven Premier League goals has come from set plays, which is obviously a, a typical Dyche. Um, and, and, and Ellis Sims, um, by the way, what a goal. Uh, he walked past Koulibaly. Absolutely bullied him, didn't he? 
Yeah, it's shocking defending, but got to give credit to Sims because he, he took a lot of stick, by the way, after the performance at Anfield when he was thrown yeah. in. Um, but he's come back and said, right, I'll show you. And he's gone and got a massive point for, for Everton. So uh, Everton, Everton are looking good now, Graham, aren't they? They are. I think we all know that they'll get they'll get more than enough points to to stay up. I think that's probably pretty clear. When you're talking about this, the goal set pieces, this is what a team like Everton needs. They, they need to capitalise on set pieces where, where they can. I'm glad you mentioned Ellis Sims, obviously. Um, I haven't played up here for Hearts. Spotted how good a player, player he was. He did well at Sunderland and I think he's, he's exactly what what Sean Dyche wants. I think it was, I want to say it was in match of the day. One of the guys was saying that, you know, that's Sean Dyche's type, complete um, type of player. I can't I totally agree with him, to be honest. I think um, his first Premier League goal, and it was a belter. Yeah, it was Mangan defending. I think Kepa could have done a wee bit better as well. But it was a great goal, took it well. And I think it was deserved after Kai Havertz kind of doing that silly face to Jordan Pickford as well. I don't know what he's thinking doing that <laughs> to make it do one. Maybe something you do four or five now. But um yeah, so another kind of poor showing for Chelsea under Potter. But yeah, great great result for, for Ellen. No, absolutely. And Jamie, what I know you're a big you love a bit of Everton, don't you? But uh what are your I was, thoughts on I was absolutely fuming with Chelsea. <laughs> I promise you. Absolutely fuming. I was like, no Liverpool playing this weekend. That's okay. I don't mind watching Everton get stuffed by Chelsea. That after the after the midweek game, uh for the you know, the sorry, the Champions League game and the turnaround, you think, right, Chelsea are gonna turn it around. And they just were shit. They were just disappointing. They really were. Um Chelsea's Arguably, Chelsea's best player was probably Ben Chilwell. <laughs> you know, um, the left wing back, Felix. He's he's obviously really good on the ball, but Havertz is not a foil for him, really not. Um, and I don't get, you know, they're really, really struggling from a from a focal point, in my opinion. Um, the fact everything got back into it. Um, it didn't surprise me because the way the game was, it kind of clogged up a little bit. It just kind of went into nothingness and there was like, there was spark happening. Um, the penalty, very, very fortunate to get, but um, yeah, Jordan Pickford tried his bit of a shithousery with the, you know, and, and Kai Havertz decided to give him some playful banter back, which didn't look the greatest, but the more the game pushed on, you could see Everton were actually getting more about them. They were kind of, stringing passes together and Chelsea were just dropping that little bit deeper and you know I've like me I just like just you know hop but before he starts shouting at the screen it's you know uh, Ellis Sims comes on fresh set of legs he's he's kind of fast in his own way but he absolutely bullies Koulibaly um from uh, from a defensive point of view and and Graham is right like Kepper actually gets a hand to that but it's just it's a, it's a weak hand it goes it kind of nudges his hand back a bit and you just think Keeper shouldn't be getting done like that, in my opinion. But yeah, so, um, again, Everton pick up points, but so does everybody else around them. I kind of call, I've been calling it out. You know, it's I, I don't think Everton are at this quagmire in any form or fashion. They're three points ahead of the very bottom team right now, but they've played two games more than everybody else. I think they're going to be massively in for it. I think the big difference will be as if if Sims does get a run of games because he's obviously a focal point for them striking. Um, if he if if he does well for them, then he'll get them out of it. Absolutely, and he is he kind of is a, a dash type of player as well, mm-hmm. isn't he? 
a uh, sim so uh no and you said it graham he, he's someone that actually i know we're not talking about rangers tonight but i wouldn't have been against us signing him uh, in the summer i think he'll be out of our price range now though because that's what a goal that you know at stanford bridge can do for, for a youngster but um be interested to see what what happens with him if dash you know it goes into the summer and, and if he uses him obviously for the rest of the season but gents that's all the games this weekend as i say it wasn't a full fixture um card because of the fa cup but to end this week uh, as we always do with a with a you know a premier league question um so graham um thanks for coming on tonight as always um who is your best premier league right back of all time i do it every week I do it every week and I, <laughs> I always miss out a game. And I, I, do you know what? I do it on purpose just so uh, used to pick up on, on, uh, pick up on it. Do you know what? I've said the game of the weekend. I've missed out another game of the weekend. Uh, it's, been a long, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Against, um, but, Graham, before we get to the best right back then, and I've spoiled that one early, um, Wolf 2 leads 4. Um, we, 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 we've, again, we've all praised the big jewels on this this. Uh, this pod and, and, and you know praise Wolves, but um, that was a sore one. Um, getting getting beat, you know, four two and conceding four at home. Um, and that's dragged Wolves right back into it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do think long term. Um, I'm happy to say again. I don't think um, Lopetegui will be there long term anyway. That has dragged them back into it. It was a surprise result again. I've I've certainly personally been pretty miffed about um, Javi Grazia. A big win for them. Really big win for them. Going to Wolves ain't easy just now to win 4-2. So good good for good for Leeds, but yeah, like absolutely Wolves, man. A couple of, couple of poor defeats back to back. And yeah, as you say, look like anyone down in that kind of bottom seven teams dragged into it, yes. Squeaky bum time, absolutely. Um, again, it just adds the excitement for me. Uh, so bring it on. No, uh, absolutely. And Leeds, we, we, again, you know, Garcia, we said, oh, you know, they're going to struggle, but then they go and put four, four past, past the past wall. So, um, you know, that, that might get Leeds. Again, we said they'll, they'll score goals. So that might just pull Leeds away, a, a result like that. Jamie, what was your thoughts on on this one? Because it was a you know a bit of a six six point at this one that down the bottom and um, you know leads away from home haven't haven't been great all season, but you know again they've saved the you know a big performance when it was needed. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to come to this game after your your bold statement of uh, goal of the weekend, and I'm thinking Johnny Otto, like <laughs> absolute bowler of a goal. Um, probably had one of the best and worst games of his career, right enough. Um, you know, um, absolutely shocking red card. Um, Absolutely terrible, terrible tackle. The ref gave a yellow and obviously VAR had to get involved in kind of um, saying, no, no, I think you've got this one wrong. Um, but he scored arguably, probably goal of the goal goal of the season um, in terms of in terms of finishes. Um, controlled it beautifully. Um, and there was also a contentious one. I, I, I get, I'll get your opinions on this one. The contentious one for Leeds' fourth goal. Leeds' fourth goal, Adama Terrori stops um, down at the, the, the touchline um, and the ref waves play on and Leeds run up and score. For me, that's a foul every day of the week. Um, the, the ref 
uh, okay, I only, I only watched this game, I think, uh, match the day or whatever. The ref had an absolute shocker. Yeah. Like, yeah. anyway, I mean, missing that challenge on Ailing in the first the first instance, by the way, if Ailing's foot is grounded, yeah. his leg is fucking torn into him. Yeah. It was a shocker. Um, but the, I don't, I do not understand why he's called to VR and he still gives that goal. I mean, there's a clear, like it's a clear like shirt, a shirt, yeah. shirt tug on on yeah. uh, on Adama Traore. But the thing is, this is, I mean, it he is barely basic stuff. You've got to play the whistle. You're told yeah. that when you're five year old, man. So where it absolutely should have been disallowed. That's that's on Adam Traore as well, just stopping. Yeah. I mean, he stopped, so that's on him. It always reminds me, I remember Barthez back in the day just stood yeah. there with his hand up. Like, you, you have to play it to the whistle, no matter what. But uh, the reason why I was asking is it's actually it's caused a bigger controversy in terms of other things that's been happening. So um, what I wasn't aware of is apparently four times this season, the Howard Webb has had to have a meeting with Lopetegui about some of the refereeing decisions that have went against them. And it's been more of apologies to say that we should be getting it right. And you could tell by that frustration in that game, like, you know, um, especially that goal. Um, like the whole bench was out in the park. Uh, Lopetegui nearly got himself a red card. I think Matthias Nunes got sent off and he wasn't even on the pen- on the pitch. Um, are Wolves hot, hot done by? You know, do have they have they been getting the raw end of the stick a little bit? I don't think they did enough to win the game. I think it was right for them to lose the game. But um, I also think Dawson was lucky to not get sent off in the first half as well. I think he had a, a really bad challenge that he, he was given a yellow for. But uh, yeah, VAR's not been not been right, uh, not been good for for Wolves in the last few weeks at least. No, and 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 I agree to stop. I think I think when you actually watch it, watch it back, uh, that the Wolves manager's absolutely fuming with the ref, but he's mm-hmm. I think he's even more frustrated with Triore as he stops. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a strange one this weekend because there was there was a few red cards, but they was all the ninety second, ninety third, ninety first yeah. minute. Um, Graham, what what was your? Uh, we can't say the obvious because it was FA Cup, but obviously Mitrovic comes in, but we won't go on to that. But what was your worst sort of red card this this weekend? Um, from 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 the ones in the, in the Premier League, was was that one um, from from Johnny on um, Ailing? That was horrific, and I cannot yeah. believe it took VAR <laughs> to to get that to red. I mean, it was horrible. It could have been so much worse. Um, and Ailing's a lucky boy to still have his leg, man. It was that, honestly that bad for me. And I absolutely agree with that, Jamie. Would you go with that as well? Yeah, I think the other one was uh, the Brentford lad, wasn't it? Two stupid yellers after just coming on the pitch. Um, that was that was just stupid. That was rash. He was trying to get involved in the game, but excuse me, that Johnny one was yeah, that was potentially career ending. Um, even my daughter, like she was watching match of the day, even she's like, how the hell has he missed that? And like that shouldn't take a left to give a yellow before it gets to a red. And she actually said he bottled that. He bottled that knowing VAR would do it in the background for him. That's not the way you ref it. You make your decision and then VAR either backs up or give it. You don't give the precautionary booking and hope VAR picks up whether or not it should have been a red. Um, so yeah, the the Johnny one was pretty, pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, but I think you have to going back to what you said. I think you have to kind of give a mention to these red cards that happened also in the FA Cup, purely on the basis that there's there's a lot of chat going around now about how the Bruno Fernandes situation was handled. And I'm not saying he should or shouldn't, but that whole little nudge on the linesman 
going potentially unpunished. It's kind of people are saying has now manifested itself into into something more uh, where players are getting a bit more physical. I would say fucking Mitrovic is a loose cannon anyway and an absolute nut job for doing what he did. I fully anticipate they threw the book at him and that'll probably cause Fulham an issue now for their league for their league ending. Um, I think he'll get like a 10-game ban. I've got to say, just very quickly on that game, as a neutral watching my new V Fulham yesterday, those four minutes or whatever it was from <laughs> Fulham being 1-0 totally. up, those four minutes from Fulham being 1-0 up to 2-1 yeah. down when I men were brilliant. 3-1. 3-1, wasn't it? No, but the, that, yeah, but that four minutes of 1-0 <laughs> up to 2-1 down, suddenly two players down, a manager down. Amazing television. So good. No, it was that that game yesterday. We've we've seen me and you, Graham, have seen Rangers have four minutes like that many a time, haven't we? Uh, over the last eighteen months, absolute nuts. It only happens at Old Trafford, I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> you know they played so well as well, Fulham. But yeah. um, but I think yeah, they're talking about Mitrovic just seeing it on Sky Sports. They're maybe getting a ten game ban. Um, I think is... I think they'll throw the book at them. I really do. Yeah, I think they missed a trick when it was the Fernandes, um, and I think they'll do they'll use this as the benchmark now. Yeah, yeah, no, and and so they should, so they should. It's the only sport you can, you probably, you know, previously would have got away with it, but, um, yeah, but that, that could be potentially his season over then, because yeah. they've only got ten games left. Yeah. So if they do it, that's uh, yeah, so so on. No, absolutely, mate. And um, just want to check before I, I, that is the last game. <laughs> 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 So, so let's 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 wrap it up then, then boys, and, and let's go back to that uh, that, that question. Um, so, Graham, what, what is you know the best your best right back in the Premier League? Um, you know, since you've been watching it, who, 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 is there a clear choice, or was this, was this quite a tough one? No, there was a clear choice for me. Uh, I I don't know if this is popular. Or if I guess I'll judge by Jamie's reaction. Usually, he's, I'm sure he'll, he'll, whatever, but. He is easily one of my... He was just always my favourite player, not for who he played for. I just always really liked him. He's notched up over 300 appearances. He's won every major honour in English football. He's won two Premier Leagues. Uh, Zabaleta, for me. I absolutely love Pablo Zabaleta. Um, always did. Always really liked him. When I watched him, I thought that he was absolutely superb. As I say... I don't know if that's controversial. I don't know if it's spawn. I don't care. I really like him, and um, for, for me, he'd be he'd be my right back in in every uh, English Premier League team for what ninety ninety two or whatever it is all day long. He'd walk into it. Zabaleta was a player. He was a player. He's not mine, but uh, I'll give you that. It's, it's a good, solid, it's a good shout, Jamie. Um, who is your Best ever right back in the Premier League is, is a Liverpool. I thought a Liverpool player might be coming in. No, 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 no. We can't. We can't be calling Steve Finn one of the greatest honourable men in, in football. <laughs> no, I, I. You know, if I'm if I'm going to be truly honest, it's it's between two players. One is because you've got to recognise the career, and the other one is because I actually really like the player. One, 
Gary Neville, not saying he was talented, but for what he did as a right back slot in terms of, you know, the amount of honours he won at Manchester United, it's very hard not to have somebody like him in the conversation. I don't necessarily think he was tremendously gifted, but what he did do is he brought passion, he brought fucking hatred, he he galvanised that team, and he was a he was a leader of that club that, that club for, for many seasons. And I always remember I always remember the pictures of him um celebrating celebrating a defensive tackle in front of the cop, proper beating the chest, and uh, then getting bounced with a fucking light on his head like a second later, and he was rolling about like an absolute fairy. But he, he was that kind of... You, you kind of love to hate him. To, to have the career that he did with Manchester United can't really go unnoticed. However, if I was to pick a favourite player, and I think I'll get you with this one, Mason, I love Ivanovic. Branislav Ivanovic is an absolute no-shit-talking... He was just... He was brilliant. He was he was ultra physical. Um, he he ran through people. Um, he popped up with the odd worldy goal, um, and 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 he he just he was the art of defending in terms of a in terms of sprinting back, um, and also he got bit by Luis Suarez. <laughs> like fucking horrible. But he he also won everything pretty much with the Chelsea as well. He won leagues. He won the Champions League. I absolutely loved Ivanovic. He was always one of the guys I chucked into my fancy teams because he'd always get the assists on 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 the corners. Um, but yeah, when you talk about people that you like, I was a big fan of Ivanovic. Sure was. Yeah, no, you've you've just took my uh, took my. That's two out of two. That's two out of two, mate. He was uh, no Ivanovic. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a spell the year. It was actually the year Chelsea lost the Champions League final against Man United. Um, he was PFA. He got in the PFA team of the year, but he was he was he come up with some big big goals mm-hmm. um, and nine major trophies won at Chelsea uh, when he was there. And uh, yeah, he was the standout for me. I think Gary Neville's one. You know, you you have to mention uh, yeah. as well. But um, no, Ivanovic was he was a, he had everything. He had everything. So uh, good shout, good shout that that one. But um, all that's left to do tonight, boys, is just. Graham, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to it again after the international break. Yep. Look forward to look forward to coming back and see when this chat is. Um, bring on the kind of exciting end to the season, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and Jamie, thanks as well, mate, for, for coming on. And, um, you know, Liverpool Man City is the one we'll be talking about next. So, uh, hopefully it I will. Called, I called oh. it last time. I said Bournemouth. <laughs> Bottom, bottom table, uh, bottom, sorry, bottom of the league t- uh, team, early kickoff Saturday, we're going to struggle to score. It's a 12.30 kickoff Saturday the 1st, we're away to the Etihad. I th- I'm going to go one each. So we'll be talking about that when we come back. Um, there's some interesting fixtures when the international season get, when it um, obviously goes goes away. Um, we've got a big week, um, a lot of double fixtures. So I think there's... Uh, there's something like 20 fixtures in the first four days of it being back. Um, so uh, we'll have definitely plenty to talk about. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll be saying that Liverpool are jumping to the fourth spot after controlling Man City and probably handing Arsenal the league. <laughs> you know what? Joe's got to the point now where I've actually come out and said it. Man City, I, got, I actually want them to now, Joe. Because <laughs> 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 I'm starting to see it long before it's on there. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Um, but it'll be, uh, it'll be an interest, interesting one, gents. But uh, thanks for tonight. And again, thanks for everyone for listening. We'll be on with a Premier League show once the, you know, once the them fixtures um, are played and out of the way. Um, but as, as always, take care.